This is the Pulse of Healthcare, broadcast from the Ovation Health Studios. Our podcast targets the challenges surrounding healthcare today in the United States. Our host, Dr. John McCormick, an expert in the industry, offers common sense and pioneering solutions for the future of healthcare. Welcome to another episode of The Pulse of Healthcare. I'm joined today by Dr. John McCormick, and he uh, is going to be walking us through some more kind of terminology when it comes to healthcare. So what are we going to be talking about today, and what am I going to be learning about? Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about how plans are organized. There's so many different acronyms out there when it comes to plans and, you know, People just don't understand, you know, they hear PPO and EPO and high deductible and consumer directed. But what's that actually mean? As far as an implementation, if, if I'm an employer or an employee and somebody comes to me and says, oh, we're going to sign up for this EPO plan. Uh, okay. Well, what, what does that mean to me as a consumer that might have to engage in this thing we call the healthcare market. The, the worst part that I've found from the consumer standpoint is when you enter healthcare, from both your provider, your insurance, every step of the way, there's a three-letter acronym, right? And so this is just another one of those subsets of three-letter acronyms right. that, that, that may throw you for a loop and you have no clue what you're looking at. Well, and, and it really makes a big difference because if you get in a PPO preferred provider organization, what's that mean? Well, that means if I was seeing Dr. Bob down the road for the last 20 years through my insurance company that I had with uh, maybe previous employer or maybe even this employer, and suddenly they've decided to change from one plan to another, and I go from the PPO I was in to the new PPO, Suddenly, my doctor's out of network, and I can't see them anymore. That, that that's kind of important for me to know, right? In 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 your experience, do PPOs typically have a network attached to them? Always. That's Always. what it means. Preferred provider organization means that there is a, an established network with they with they would consult their preferred providers, and if you're going outside of that. You could be penalized, you could have pay higher cost, or you might have no coverage at all. And a lot of these plans have those same kind of criteria. Some are less restrictive, some are more restrictive. So let's kind of just run down a list and, and kind of talk about that. So we've been talking about preferred provider organizations. They're a network. They're generally the broadest kind of defined network. You see those with Cigna plans and United plans. They have their preferred providers. And if you peer into their plan documents, you can see if you're using those, you have pretty good benefits. If you go outside of those, that's where you have no benefits or very restricted benefits. You might go from a plan where 
you have a $25 copay, and that's all using the PPO to, oh, you're on the other side of the equation, 50% coinsurance. That means you're paying half the bill. Yeah. Which you know? typically, I mean, even if it's just a regular uh, PCP visit, I mean, that could be eighty to hundred dollars. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's something to be aware of. And it'll, and then what we're seeing now as a trend in the market is no coverage at all. Yes. <laughs> you know. So I'm like, oh, that means I'm paying cash if I want to go to see a doctor that's outside of their defined network. And what's the, I, I think I presumptively know what the advantage is, but in your eyes, what's the advantage as in terms of the plan for the plan organizer to restrict it in such a way? Um, I, I think I've typically seen lower premiums, right? That's kind of the outcome is you get lower premiums, but the member has, quote unquote, less benefits everywhere, right? Well, yes and no. So from a member perspective, yes you probably will see a lower premium when attached to a PPO network or maybe even lower when you're attached to the next one, an HMO network, which is even more restrictive. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for that, the reason you see a lower premium is because what the plan is doing is steering you to particular doctors with particular hospitals, with particular uh, specialists, and they do that based on the physician's performance, which is a good thing, right? Right. And their ability to deliver care within a quote-unquote budget, right? So the plan is saving money on the healthcare expense side and passing some of that savings along to you, right? Not a bad thing. What, what we saw philosophically, when they were passing the Affordable Care Act, and they said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. No. (laughs) The Affordable Care Act still, you know, incentivized PPOs and HMOs. So that was not the truth. And, And what you saw was, by the way they structured that, that premiums actually went up instead of going down because they put on a different kind of administrative burden. So, what are we talking about? PPOs, provider organizations, generally bigger networks, you know, but if you go outside of them, not so good. Health maintenance organizations, more defined, more narrow, more localized, all right? Probably going to get a better rate. But if you're traveling across country or you go out of state or you go somewhere else, you might find that you have no coverage or very limited or emergency access kind of coverage. Other, Here's another great one. EPO, Exclusive Provider Network. All right. This is the one that's similar to the PPO. This is the one that you see where you have no out-of-network coverage. It's like Zip. Ah, okay. Nothing. If you're not having an emergency and you go to a non-EPO doctor, you have no coverage at all. Right? Then what so then what are some of the other components? Well, a lot of times in these PPOs, HMOs, and EPOs, then we get into plan design, right? What's the plan design and what's that mean to me? Well, if I have a plan that has a high deductible. That means that I'm going to be paying for the majority of my health care before the insurance company, quote unquote, pays for anything. 
So I might be paying a premium of $500 or $600 or $700 a month. And if I'm thinking, oh, I got an HMO and I'm saving money and I'm paying $450, bucks, except I have a $4,000 deductible, well, you know, okay, so I'm really not paying $450. I'm paying $4,000 plus my $450 premium before I actually can get to health care. Right. So, which means that if I don't have $4,000 in the bank, what am I not doing? Going to the doctor. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I can't afford it. I'm spending my money on a premium to see doctors in case of emergency. Not, not such a great plan design, these high deductibles. If you're, especially if you're in that marketplace where you're an hourly wage employee or, you know, any, really anybody that's making, you know, less than 25 bucks an hour. Nowadays, you know, they just there's just study after study that shows that people do not have money in savings accounts. You know, they don't have four or five thousand dollars sitting on to the side to cover that kind of stuff. I can confirm this, by the way. <laughs> this is I very, mean, very normal for my age range. <laughs> right, right. You're young. You're married. You have a child. I mean, it's you know, it's paycheck to paycheck, and and it really you know and. It's not like you're driving fancy cars and living in a big house. Yeah, know? absolutely. You're, you're living lean, and that's just the economy. So when when an insurance company designs a plan with a high deductible, really what they're doing is shifting most of the medical burden over to you. The, so you think you're saving money, but it's really a mind trick. You're really not. You're really just spending money in advance. And hoping you don't have an emergency, or if you have an emergency, then you, quote, unquote, have coverage. So not such a good thing. High deductible plans you see pretty often within those. So here's another good one. Point of service plans. Hmm. A lot of times you see point of service plans combined in the HMO and the PPO model. What's that mean? Well, if it's a point of service plan, the plan is going to be driving you to pick your primary care, uh, but they're going to allow you to see doctors out of network, quote unquote, but you're going to pay a little bit higher cost for that. They're saying, yes, you can go there. That is one of our points of service, but it technically outside of your network and therefore you're going to have to pay more. Probably not as egregious as a 50% copay or no coverage at all. You know, they basically making you feel better to say, oh, well, well, we'll we'll cover it. But we have to, you know, approve it and make sure it's all good. So what's that lead us to? Those are all traditional, fully insured plans that do that. How do you as an employer and employee take control, not only of how your health care is delivered, but your health care spend? So this is where we get into self-funded plans. When you're self-funding your plan, you, the employer, becomes the plan sponsor. That means you get a vote, right? Do I want a network? Do I want reference-based pricing, right? Which means I can go anywhere and I'm going to rely on my TPA to help make the best deal. That's one of the things we specialize in in, at, at Ovation Health. And we save our clients millions of dollars a year. It goes back to what we always say. We don't say no. We say not that way. We want you to engage in the healthcare as a smart 
educated consumer not blindly stumble through that and rack up a bunch of expenses? You wouldn't do that in any other business. Why are we doing that in healthcare? Doesn't make any sense. So what's that look like? I mean, why isn't everybody doing it? It's kind of a head scratcher. Why isn't everybody doing that? Well, believe it or not, more and more people are. Today, 58% of employers in the United States are self-funded. You just don't know it. Yeah. 42%, if you're over 100, 42% of those are self-funded. And 77% of companies over 1,000 are self-funded. So our philosophy is if you've got more than 100, 125 lives and you're not self-funded, you're probably throwing good money after bad. Because every every dollar you give to one of the major carriers, if you're an employer with over you know 100 lives, 125 lives, is money you're never going to get back and you're never going to see again. If you're self-funded, you're taking control of that healthcare dollar, then you get some reward or benefit from that because that money stays with you in your account. Right. Yeah, I think we've... Um... We've seen a lot of the times, too, uh, and, and you've explained this to me many times, where it kind of gives everybody, especially the company themselves when it's an employer group, but even when it's at the market and it's just kind of you saving your money, and it, even if it's not attached to a plan. But no, ma- no matter which way you, you go or if you're an employer or not, it helps to have that skin in the game, right? It helps to see that money flow in and see that what is flowing in is being paid out. And so it's almost, in a sense, kind of you and everybody else collectively assisting each other, right, which keeps you all engaged. Right. I mean, it's really about being on a team, right? So we know that most employers, employees see the insurance company as the bad guy. And we what we want to say is we're not the bad guy. We're your partner. But you're, we're, you're a partner on both sides of the equation. We want to make sure that you get exceptional health care. But on the other side of the equation, we want to make sure that you don't overspend for it. If you're with one of the major carriers, they don't care. They have their contracts. Right. They actually own they, they own the hospitals. They own the pharmacies. They own, So they get paid on every side of the equation, and they have no incentive to save you money talk about it. It's in their commercials, but it's not evidenced in their premium that goes up, you know, 7, 8, 15, 20% every year. So where are they saving you money when the premiums go up every year? They're not. They're just, and, and when you look at, and most of them are on NASDAQ, right? What it what was Blue Cross's uh, earnings for the first quarter this year? $7 billion. Well, we know where the loyalty is. The loyalty is to NASDAQ, right. not to you, the employer. They're, they're about making money for their investors, all right, every way is possible. And that's fine. That's great. That's, that's the American system. But just understand what you're buying when you go to buy that. You know, when you're working on the plan like Ovation with our TPA, what you're buying is somebody that's on your side that truly is your advocate that's going to help you engage in the healthcare system in a smart way and also a financially smart way, both sides, medically and financially. And so when we go back to these acronyms, EPO, PPO, HMO, and you go, well, what is that for self-insurance? 
Well, you can have those, and we do. We do offer a PPO network if you want that as part of your plan. But we also open a offer an open access network. That's something you haven't heard me say yet, open access, which means that as long as you're working with us, we will contract with any qualified physician in the country to perform your care, right? And the cool thing about that is, is we're going to check that doctor out before you ever go see them. We're going to make sure that they're a high-quality doc, that they've got great results, you know, that it's not, that you're not just drawn in from some billboard somewhere that says, this facility's awesome or this doctor's awesome. Some of those that have the best billboards have the worst performance. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so what we want to do is, like I said, make you a smart consumer. So that's kind of all I wanted to talk about today when we talk about these crazy acronyms that are out there. What is it that you're buying? How can you be a smarter consumer? And make sure when you're, if you're an employee or employer and you're working with an, a, a broker or agent, ask the right questions. What's this mean? How is this going to restrict my care? You know, so if I go outside of network, what's the real cost of actually deviating? Great example from Kaiser, right? Big, one of the biggest healthcare providers in the country. Nurses all went on strike. Right. Can I get service? No. Right here in the city of Houston, one of the major carriers had a falling out with one of the major hospital systems. A million people suddenly overnight were out of network with the major hospital system. A million people. It took them four months to resolve that. That's four months that a million people were technically out of network for their plan for the doctors that they had been seeing, some of for years. Now, I don't know how they resolved that, you know, but if you were looking at their plan document, they were all out of network. That means that those people were probably paying 50% or could have been paying 100% of those bills for those four months, even though they were paying healthcare premiums and that facility and those things were in network when they signed the contract. Yeah, I think something to close this out with is, uh, and I kind of, Harken back to it every single time, but because it is a marketplace, you have to view it as a market. Um, there's going to be bad products, right? There's going to be the the knockoff brands, quote unquote, um, and there there's there's going to be grifters, and there's going to be people like us that actually are hands on and actually are engaged and are engaging you in your care so that you can see what the process looks like. I've had a lot of people who, um, when we've resolved an issue, I've kept them up to date and walked them through every step of the issue. And by the end of it, they now know how to resolve that issue themselves. Right. Um, which you'd be surprised how many times that's the case as long as you know these this terminology and you know what you're speaking to. Right. A lot of times I've just had to call and explain the plan type. And the provider goes, oh, okay, didn't get what the member was saying. It's probably because they didn't know how to speak to it. And it's really, you know, healthcare, like so many other things, has its own language, right? That's why you have a plan. That's why you have a TPA. That's why you have advocates. You know, we know that people's lives are full. And it's really, it's really, you know, you don't want to, this is not something you want to deal with 
all right, unless you need it. So, you know, if, if you're not in this space, there's really no motivation to try to learn this language and really no need as long as you have somebody like us that's a great advocate that'll help walk you through that. Absolutely. Well, I think that closes us out for the day. Dr. John, thanks for uh, teaching them and teaching me. All right, Chad, always a pleasure. See you in a couple of weeks.